Welcome to another episode of Records Revisited, a podcast dedicated to the magic of music. I'm your DJ, your MC, the host on the East Coast. I'm Ben Montgomery. Joining me is the man who has a heart of gold, but really he's just an old man. Here's my co-host from the left coast. Here's Wayne Fugate. Uh, hola, Ben. I mean, that was, that was right. You nailed it. I nailed it. Yeah. So, so yeah. for this episode, we have a special guest. And had we done this podcast in 2017, her record entitled Trinity Lane would have been my most listened album of the year. Her song, The Night David Bowie Died, that made our most listened songs in last year's episode. And she's one of my favorite Instagram and Twitter posters with her funny and honest quips. So please welcome to the podcast, Lily Hyatt. Hey, guys. Thanks for the intro. That was nice. (laughs) Very welcome. So the premise of our podcast, fairly simple. We talk about music, but as we do at the beginning of each of our podcast episodes, I ask the all-important question, what t-shirt are you wearing? Let's start with Lily. Okay, I'm wearing a t-shirt of my friend's band, Lil Cut Connie. Um, It's got like a girl eating an ice cream cone on it, and it's really cool. Excellent. Is that a, is that a yeah. local band in Nashville? No, they're from Philadelphia, and they tour all over. So um, you'll probably see them at some point, I feel like. so. All right. How about you, Wayne? What T-shirt are you wearing? Well, I right after this recording, I'm going to go see Iron Maiden, and I don't have anything that metal. But, cool. So the, the hardest thing I could find in my closet was my 2008 uh, Crew Fest shirt. I'm pretty cool. sure there's going to be some shouting at the devil tonight. <laughs> I don't, I don't shout a lot anymore, but I, I'll probably have to, I'm going to have to pump my fist a couple of times. And, oh yeah. And yeah. do that, that clip Burton head Bob thing. <laughs> All right. So I'm, I'm wearing a uh, shirt that I have uh, worn before um, because this is right after, uh, right after work. So I did not change and I, I'm wearing my Elvis Costello T-shirt that uh, you bought from me last year, Wayne. Oh, I'm so I'm gonna have to get you an Iron Maiden shirt. Yeah, dude, I'd I'd rock that. You 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 do remember that I I I had a a uh, Iron Maiden shirt back in the day for the Power Slave tour. <laughs> no, I did not. Yes, I did. I ro- I rocked. There's no way, there's no way Sally would have let that get by. She she let it by. Wow. Yeah. She wouldn't let me. She wouldn't let me wear that Scorpions T-shirt, but she did let me wear that uh, Iron Maiden shirt. So, <laughs> all right, enough about the cool. T-shirt. <laughs> so, uh, Wayne, Wayne, sounds like y'all have some cool shirts, though. Uh, I do too. T-shirts we, are cool. Yeah, we our closets are full. We'll, yeah, we'll, I, I got a problem. Mine too. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, Wayne, is it safe to say that you wanted Lily on the podcast as much as I wanted Lily on the podcast? Oh, yeah. Nothing could be truer. Yeah. Easily. Easily as much, if not more. Yeah. And and Lily, that's e- that's that's even with the fact that you ruined my birthday last year. <laughs> How so? Um, so I was in New York City last year for my birthday. I was stuck there for work. I requested. Yeah. I requested you to play. So much you don't know that night. You even wrote that oh, song no. that list, and then you cut it from your set list. Oh yeah, I remember having this talk. Yep. <coughs> Sorry, I'm like, 
can't always get it, you know, all the things you want though every day. So <laughs> you'll have to come to another show. But damn yeah. it, I usually do play that song every night. It's really rare that I don't. So my bad. <laughs> we t- we chatted about it. You were so sweet. You gave me some heavily discounted vinyl on that. So it's it's all good. Cool. All right. Yep, I remember that. Yes. <laughs> So I met I mentioned Instagram and Twitter accounts. So you indicated yes. in one tweet last week, F it, I'll play your wedding. So whose wedding are you going to be performing at? Well, I haven't had any offers yet, so time will tell. But I just, you know, was being a little cheeky, but I also think, you know, um why 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 not? Hey, if somebody pays me enough, I'll play your wedding. Sure. <laughs> so, <laughs> I never, I've never played a wedding before, actually. I've been asked to, and I haven't, because it just kind of hasn't worked out. But I don't know. There's, there's no uh, gig that's off the table for me. Is all I'm saying. So. I almost now want to do an episode called "The Top Ten Covers That Lily Hyatt's Going to Play at Your Wedding Reception." <laughs> <laughs> I gotta find somebody to marry so I can have her play my wedding. There you go. <laughs> so, so yeah, get on that. <laughs> uh, we were just chatting before the podcast. Uh, Wayne's love life is not looking good right now. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Why? Ah, uh, just I'm because I'm usually involved. That never helps. <laughs> you what was I'm that? half the relationship. I said I'm half the relationship, so. Oh, that, that's that, part that, of the problem. That, that, I got yeah, it. that's part of the a big part of the problem well, usually. <laughs> I'm I'm sorry to hear that, but you know what? It's it always works out one way or another. That is true. It does. Yeah. I don't know what not going well all entails. It could mean so many <laughs> different things. So I'm just like, hmm, interesting. But everyone goes through that one way or another. <laughs> yes, they do. Yes, they do. All right. So what what would you include on your set list for somebody's wedding? Would Dan Fogelberg's Longer, would that make it? Would that make the cut? I don't even know that song. What? So I, no, not at all. Am I showing my age? Uh, you do. You just don't know. You've heard it. Okay, maybe so. But uh, I don't know. I'm not great with coming up with lists of cover songs on the spot. I, I don't know. It hasn't happened. I'm more an off-the-cuff kind of person. So time will tell, as I said. You'll just have to see once uh, once it happens. Okay. But probably some Aretha Franklin would be in the mix, because that's good music that every like, Respect probably would be. Or Otis Redding, Talk of the Bay. I guess respect is his song too, but fun yes. stuff and my songs. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Can't forget those. No. All right. So I want to go back to your mm-hmm. Twitter from today. Two things. First, you said you blocked somebody because they were trying to get you to stop your cussing. So you're going to be okay with our, with our format being PG 13. Oh yeah. I've done many an interview, so I know how to win and where. Well, the only no problem. Th- the only thing we edit, we edit f bombs, and I will tell you gotcha. that we edit the, f- the yes, we edit the f bombs with a clown car horn, and I will tell you cool. that it's been largely successful in helping Wayne with his potty mouth. <laughs> yeah. It has helped. We've even had it hasn't a couple cured of it, but it's helped. 
Yeah, we've even had a couple episodes where Wayne didn't even drop an F-bomb. I was so proud of him. Good for you, Wayne. I know. It's hard. It is hard when it's like part of your vernacular. It's like, oh, yeah, I can't say that. But um, it's good to know the clown horn horn is there. (laughs) Yes, it is. And I think that that's part of the reason why uh, Wayne loves your record so much is half of your songs say explicit on Spotify. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there are some cuss words in there. I guess that really happened more mostly on Trinity Lane. I guess that's where I was at at the time. Had yeah. a lot of cuss words and things, you know? So You're just raw. That's I guess it. so. Yeah. Yes, I was. So, okay. <laughs> yes, right. I am. One, one, other <laughs> thing, one other thing from the old Twitter from today. So, you mentioned Jason Isbell's Elephant. Yeah. How great is that song? It's a really good song. I was listening to it in my headphones and I've listened to Southeastern and I know it's an incredible record, but I kind of just, that song struck me in a different way. I felt a little closer to it this last listen and I just love it. So it's really a special song, you know? One of my favorite songwriters for sure. Yeah. He's incredible. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt about that. (laughs) <laughs> like he's so good. So. so how how is the writing going for your new record? Because uh, it's been a couple years since Trinity Lane came out, right? So yeah, I, I I have it all done. It's getting it's mixed and about to be mastered soon. So it's it's ready, pretty much, almost. Fantastic, fantastic. Yeah. All right. So I know you, you mentioned that you've done a, a number of of these interviews. So I'm gonna mm-hmm. I'm gonna throw out I'm gonna throw out a couple of your what I think are your most asked topics. And we'll try not to okay. ask you any of those topics in the course of our interview here. So what are the three okay. three most asked topics that you that you seem to get in all of your interviews? Um, well, definitely I get asked about my dad and I definitely get asked about, uh, sobriety usually. And I definitely get asked about, let's see what else, um, Nashville. So those things come up. (laughs) I nailed it. I'll I'll even nailed it. I'll I nailed it. I'll even send you a screenshot of this. I said, let me see if I get this <laughs> correct. Something about your dad, something about Nashville, and something about your sobriety. So um, you legit nailed it. I, you nailed it. I, I nailed it. I nailed it. <laughs> All right. So let's talk. Let's Good talk. Trin- let's talk Trinity Lane because I I love the record and I'm not just pandering when I said. That would have been that, that would have been my most listened to record of 2017. I freaking love that album. Favorite song on it? I don't know if I have a favorite, but let's talk. Let's talk the song records. So the video starts with a shot of Easy Street Records and Wayne. You and I are very familiar with that icon of a record store, correct? Absolutely, absolutely. Yes. Um, so, yes. so, so just so you know, Lily, so Wayne and I both grew up in Tacoma, Washington. I'm no longer there. I'm in Florida now, but he's still up there. And Easy Street oh, cool. is one of our stomping grounds from, from back in the day. Oh, that's, that's super cool. And that's such a special record store. 
And I'm glad you guys appreciate it. And Tacoma is so awesome. It's so beautiful there. I was actually just thinking about Washington today and how pretty it is. But, um, yeah, that's a great record store. And, of course, Pearl Jam, my favorite band, loves Easy Street. So I was, you know, and I've become friends with some people there. And it's just a favorite place to stop. So, yeah. He passed me in his beat-up car. Desire doesn't know it's wrong So I came home and put the record on a love affair with records because uh you know the video definitely shows you putting up a number of records on display i think i saw what physical graffiti and there was a pete townsend record and was there sublime it was really quick but i thought i thought i saw oh yeah there was sublime and lil wayne and i'm sure some other things got picked up was it van cash or the judds or something but yeah yeah, there was a little variety in the video. So what are you spinning these days? What are some of your go-to records while you're on the road? Um, I've listened to so many different things, but um, so it changes a lot. Right now I've been listening to the new Angel Olsen song, the new Lana Del Rey is really cool. And... I have Aretha Franklin's Lady Soul on my uh, record player right now. So, yeah. Cool. So I kind of mix it up. <laughs> so, so, so yeah. no records of your dad on, uh, on, your, on the old iPhone? No, I have records of his on my iPhone. What's your go-to John Hyatt record? I thought we weren't going to talk about it. I know, I know. I, I lied. I lied. I'm not going to talk about the other two topics. <laughs> no, I got It's okay. My go-to John Hyatt rec- record is probably Walk On is a really good like road record of his for me. So, it's a good one. And Wayne, what, what was your go-to? I'll bring the family. A good one. Yeah. Yeah, that I... Uh, Classic. I, 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 yeah, I... That's top to bottom. That's that one. I was thinking when I was because I was just listening to it yesterday and I was thinking, wow, if I was to score it like we do these, how I don't even know what I would put. I, I don't know what my my least favorite would be. It's so solid. And I love the way it ends with uh, uh, your dad did uh, stood up and learning to love you. I think it's just such a strong finish. Yeah, you're right. That's a cool song. Those are all right, those are cool songs and heavy songs, but like really hopefully heavy songs, like hopeful. They're cool. I'm not, I'm not sure which one I would pick. Cause I, the one that I always listen to is the alive at Budokan. Cool. That's a cool, I love that record. I haven't listened to it in a while, but it's awesome. Yeah, It's great. All right. Enough about your dad, right? 
That's great fine. cover. Great <laughs> cover, though. Yes. Uh, I will, I will, I will tell you that, uh, um, the, the little, uh, 45 that you guys did for record store day, mm-hmm. I went to great lengths in order to get that. Cause nobody down here in Florida carried it. Cause there was only like what? 500 copies made. Yeah. There weren't that many, maybe like 750, but I know hopefully we can get some more at some point and I can sell them on the road or something. So Luckily, I've got. Yeah, luckily I've got some 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 great uh, musical-minded buddies uh, across the U.S. And a uh, big shout out to Bud who picked me up a, a copy of that. So it is in my it is in my uh, record collection. But uh, good, I remember I just he tweeted or something, or I knew that that happened somehow. Yes, good. yeah, we 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 took care of that definitely for sure. So. How come you guys chose the 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 songs that you did for that forty five? I mean, your your dad's got a huge catalog. I mean, you must go's a great song, but uh, uh, not one of his more recognizable songs. Right. I mean, he has a lot of songs, you know, so for me to like get a chance to like show one of his deep cuts is nice and, and it's fun. And that song means a lot to me, you know, so that's why I just like that song. I don't really even think too hard about it, you know, so, <laughs> so we can't, it's not a, it's not a big decision that you just do it, you know? Yeah. So that song's one of my favorites. So hard to psychoanalyze uh, Lily Hyde is what you're trying to tell me. <laughs> yes, it is. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, so one last question before we jump into uh, the record that you chose. So we've been asking all sure. of our guests, Toto's Africa, good or bad song? Oh, great question. It's a good song. I'm, let's be real. And I have good taste. So I'm like, I say good one. And it's taken me a while to like come to that understanding, but that's where I'm at. <laughs> okay. That that's the right answer for me. We, we, we <laughs> wrong for Wayne. Wrong for Wayne. We have a long, long standing debate on on this particular uh song. So let me ask you this. Would you cover Africa at the wedding party if if uh if it's requested? You know what? If enough, uh, it depends on what I was getting paid. That's the answer to that. <laughs> <laughs> if it was enough money for 
for the whole wedding event. I'll do whatever the hell you want to hear. <laughs> Africa has a price. All right. Duly noted. There you go. Duly yeah. noted. All right. So, so tell us what record you chose to revisit for this episode. I chose Neil Young's Harvest. All right. And did you pick that one because you found out that we'd already talked about Pearl Jam's 10? Because I know you even alluded that you're a big PJ fan. That would be such a fun record to talk about, too. But honestly, if I had picked a Pearl Jam record, I probably wouldn't have even gone with that. Although I would love to talk about 10 and could talk deeply about it, probably. But but no, I did see... Um, you know, I picked it because I've been listening to it a lot and I have my whole life, you know, so I was like, well, let's talk about that, you know, so, but I've kind of revisited it lately in a, in a good way. So in a comforting way. I was really hoping that you were actually um, serious on your, your song so much you don't know, because you said that Prince's Purple Rain was your favorite record. Yeah, that's a great record. It came out the right same when I was year you got school. your name. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Um, no, that record means a lot to me too and kind of in a different way than some of my other favorite records. Just that's been that's one that's been there my whole life and so inc- incredible, but it's not even something I like listen to all the time. It's an intense album, you know, but it's just there's nothing like it, and I know it meant a lot to both my parents, too, so it's kind of just there, you know? Yeah. So, so Wayne, if we had to score Purple Rain, what, what would be your top pick? I would die for you. That's such a good one. Good one. That, that's a good one. What about you, Lily? What, what, would, what would be your top? I'm a classic. Per- I'm going to just go classic. I'm going to pick Purple Rain. Yeah. <laughs> That's me too. There, there's. Uh, I don't know. So I can, good. I can. You know, if, if he wanted to extend that out for like 25 minutes, I'd listen to every single second. Yeah, me too. I'm with you. So. Yeah, it's a good one. Cool. All it's right. a good one. <laughs> it is. So, so before we jump into Neil Young's Harvest, I do need to make a disclaimer on this. Sure. So. When we first started this podcast back in November of 2018, our second episode ever was Neil Young's Harvest. Now, I will tell you that we uh, we did not keep it up on, up there on the old hosting because, um, well, we we weren't very happy with the audio quality because, well, Wayne, do you want do you want to do you want to do you want to say the reason why there was some audio issues? My the cord to my headphones would rub against my whiskers and get caught up on the microphone. Oh, no. <laughs> and it, all, so and it wouldn't laughing. happen all the time. So it's only like if I'd move my head. So it's like we had the hardest time figuring out what was causing it. He actually we actually <laughs> went on Skype and he watched and we talked and then he goes, oh, there it is. Wow. So I got I got I got wireless headphones now just that's, to keep it. From that's good, good call. <laughs> Smart move. That's great that you guys were able to target that and move forward. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm sure there's all sorts of learning curves and stuff when you're when you're doing stuff like this. So Right. So for the forty people who have already listened to us blab on about harvest, hopefully 
we learned something else along the way of listening yeah, to it again. Yeah, there you go. Yes. Talk about it again. I know. I figured, you know, I don't know. I could have gone with something more obscure or something, but I was just like, that one's classic to me, and it's fun to talk about, so we should. And we just did a Neil Young episode a couple weeks ago with Anthony D'Amato. So cool. Yeah, we did. um, Everyone knows this is nowhere. Awesome. Yeah. One of these days, I may be able to convince Wayne that um, Neil Young's great. Uh, No, I don't say that he's not great. And I will say that those two records have have upped my... I just wasn't into him. And he, he has a voice that... It's it, he is not always doesn't always fit the song. It, it, it can be it can be grating on times. And there's a I think there's even a couple times mm-hmm. on this record where it doesn't. It, but then sometimes, depending on the song, it fits perfect. And you think that no other voice could do this song and, and have it sound so uh, rich. So I, I don't I have yeah. lots more respect for Neil, Neil Young than I. I did. I, I recognize his greatness even more so now mm-hmm. than before. Yeah, I understand that. I hear you. It's he has a very specific sound. So I feel like most great people do. And it's a little polarizing in a way, you know. So that's a sign of someone who's really good at something usually. <laughs> <laughs> the polarizing effect, yes. Yes. All right. So let's get let's get a little background info and some bio info and history on this record. So this is Neil's fourth solo studio album. Followed his 1971 release after the Gold Rush was released on February 1st of 1972. Actually hit the top of the Billboard 200 album chart and was there for two weeks, which kind of just uh is amazing um when i think about that yeah Um, that is amazing any ideas what the top selling albums of 1972 where where did neil young's harvest stack up in the top five albums of 72 i have no idea yeah wow something by the rolling stones i imagine wayne do you remember it all (laughs) i was three no i don't remember no no no. i'm I'm gonna say something by do you remember when we did this? Uh, I, I went through the top five, uh, you know, almost a year ago. You don't remember that? Oh, man. I've had so much music crammed in my brain and pushed back out my mouth since then. I don't even know. All right. So to get, re- <laughs> get ready to be floored. So Harvest is actually the top selling album of 1972. Wow. That is yeah. incredible. Well, that's good to know. Uh, other top albums included American Pie, Yes is Fragile, oh. Carol King's mm. Music, and cool. America's self-titled record that had Horse with No Name. So there you go. Wow, that's fascinating and makes sense. So, wow. so here, here's an interesting thing. So, so Wayne, you said it was probably a Rolling Stone record. Um, Exile came out that year and, and it was, didn't make the top did not top make five the, did not make the top five best selling so apparently all the double death must have been too expensive for people maybe and uh led zeppelin four actually came out 
that year as well. Finished number 13 for the year. So there you go. Four is cool. I love Led Zeppelin four. It's awesome. Oh, you can't be my friend if you don't like four. Yeah, four is cool. It's weird and I love it. I like three too. Yeah, we're actually going to be doing uh, celebrating the 50th year uh, anniversary of Led Zeppelin two coming up in a couple months. That's uh, actually cool. that's right that's around crazy. the right around the corner. What All right, think about? you guys ready to revisit Harvest? So just a reminder. Yes, I of, am. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so as a reminder. As a reminder of our scoring, so our scoring is based on the number of songs on the record. Wayne, how many songs on this record? Only 10. So that means our top song is going to get 10 points. Next favorite, 9. On down to our lowest score of 1. Here we go. Here's Out on the Weekend. The woman I'm thinking of, she loved me all up. But I'm so Somebody get us started on uh, on this record. So, what do what do you guys think of Out on the Weekend as a uh, album opener? I think it's a perfect album opener. I love when albums open with a slow, lazy song. I think that's like so exciting and sets a great tone, you know, of where they're kind of at. So confident too. So that's my opinion. <laughs> And uh, this song was recorded in Nashville in April of '71. He didn't have didn't have the 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 guys from Crazy Horse on the backing band. So the Stray Gators is what he's got in the credits for the backing band. It's actually a, a group of country session mm-hmm. musicians, which Neil then just mm-hmm. named uh, the Stray Gators. To your point, Lily, of, you know, kind of a, a slow plotter at the beginning of, of this, um, in his book, Zero to Sixty, he says that this song's not necessarily a sad song, but that the singer is kind of trying to disguise his happiness. And he says, uh, quote, that just means that I'm happy so that I, that I can't get it all out. But the way I wrote it, it sounds sad. I totally understand that too. I'm like, I get it, Neil. I totally do. It's kind of got a peaceful sound to me to it. You know, I like it a little, a little melancholy, but in that, in a good way, in a bright way. Yeah. And it's, you know, cause one of the things, I mean, it's got this great, the, the drums and the bass are locked in in this real 
like mellow, methodical beat that just runs through it. And his, his lyrically, he's really not, I wouldn't say he's sad or happy or anything. He's got a very kind of almost emotionless delivery that's, but the the harmonica is, to me, is where all the melancholy is. Like when he starts playing that harmonica, it it makes it feel a little bit sad. That's a very good point. And uh, yeah, there is a lot of, that harmonica is saying a lot in that song for sure. All right. Well, let's get some scores. So, Wayne? I gave it a seven. And then Lily? Oh, man. I, I don't have my score sheet in front of me, but I think I ranked it pretty well. I might have given it around then, too. Hold on. Let me find where I saved that. Or I've got, um, I've, I've, I've got it as well, if if that helps you at all. I'll get, in, I'll get it up here. All what right. did you score it? So, I gave it a nine. So this is this is one Ooh. of my this is one of my favorite Neil songs. There's something about it. I like the 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 melancholy feel of it, and um, you know I'm I'm a I'm a sucker for the old uh, the the old mouth harp. So I'm 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 good with that harmonica action. Yeah, I hear you. Um, oh, I gave it a six. So yeah, it's definitely. It's hard to score them, honestly, for me, but I guess that's the <laughs> point of doing it. So, yeah, six. It's definitely in my favorite. It's definitely in my top parts of the record, you know? So, perfect intro. Perfect tone setter. Totally agree. Totally agree. That leads us up to the title track. Here's Harvest. This song, inspired by, I guess, his girlfriend at the time, uh, Carrie Snodgrass, is, is she is the mother of Neil's first son. Also the inspiration for another song that we're going to talk about here in a moment. What I find interesting on uh, for this song, in his book Shaky, Young says that Harvest is one of his best songs ever, and it's the best thing on Harvest. Wow, that's a big statement from him. Yeah, what do you guys what do you guys have to have to say about Harvest? Well, I don't I like to feel like I can kind of get a an understanding of what the of the artist is trying to say. And in this one, I had nothing. And so I I don't like to do this, but I went to song meetings, which I wish I hadn't because by the time I was finished there, I, I don't like, think what? I knew Yeah, I didn't have any better grasp. And I was actually kind of upset with some of the people because some of it, one guy was like a poetry major at Yale and he broke it down into this and it was just ridiculous. 
And they also kept I'm referencing sure. the blackface comment as as about the girl gets pre- pregnant from a black guy. And I thought, to me, listening to the song, and it has a, definitely a feel of of disappointing people or how a man can disappoint a woman fairly easily and commonly. The blackface line yeah. felt like somebody somebody trying to be something that they're not, whether it's a good man or an honest man or a uh, you know a faithful man. It didn't it didn't seem to have any racial connotation, but I definitely yeah. the fact that I couldn't get a clear understanding of of what he was talking about, and then the Gene Autry <laughs> riding the range uh, melody didn't didn't was I wasn't a huge fan of it. I could understand that, and yeah, I I definitely take a different stance in that I love this song, and I think it's one of his best songs, too, so I'm glad that he thinks that, <laughs> but I don't look into it too deeply. I just go off the way it kind of makes me feel, which is like you said, like that feeling of like there's a little disappointment. There's like a yearning and there's a kind of quiet acceptance in it too. Um, But there's also like a nursery rhyme, like melody to it. That's really wonderful and pretty. And, you know, so I think it's so, I love the chorus. Yeah. I think it's funny when people try to like psych deeply break down, you know, like, especially like in terms of looking toward what a line might be alluding to like allegorically or metaphorically it's like who knows you know like we'll never know that unless he explains it to us but that's what I like about this song that's like you can look at them you can relate to them on a lot of different levels so yeah I've never I've never tried to decode what the hell he is talking about you know (laughs) but I like what he's saying and something about it resonates. So. Yeah. And I, and I can say I gave it a low score, but I, I did enjoy it. I found myself whistling it a couple of times out, you know, out doing stuff. And then I'm, it was like, what am I whistling? Oh, that's harvest by Neil Young. <laughs> so I, I, right. I do like it. I just don't like it as much. So I, I guess I need to just call you out on you. Uh, on you even going to song meetings. Cause every time I even bring it up on an episode, you're telling me how you should never believe anything that you read on the internet and song meetings is a complete waste of time. So I guess I uh, I've never used you out a backwards, but I, I don't No, No, absolutely. I had, I was, because one of the things that this album has a, has a, the first four songs feel like almost like a suite, like they're, they seem interrelated. I don't know that they are in any way, but the first four songs felt like like one of those yes songs that's broken into, you know, the the 20 minute song that's broken into four parts. It felt like, it, you know, the first one, the guy is sounds like he broke up with the girl and he's he's trying to make peace with it. He's saying that this is the best thing for him kind of thing. And then the second song is this, you know, the girl and her mother, and it's, there's a very female kind of angle to it, and the guy's not meeting his expectations. You know, the line about um, yeah. the, promise of, the promise of a man, it, it's even said in a way that sounds like, you, you know, that's worth about a nickel. So, I mean, there's 
And then obviously, uh, I believe it's the, the third song, which we're going to get to has, he's completely like, it, it sounds misogynistic. A man needs a maid, but in 1971, that was not controversial, a controversial statement. But I don't even think he's really, it, it felt to me listening to the song more like I'm done with love. Like I, my heart can't take it. I'm not going to do this anymore, but I do need somebody to wash these dishes and buy the groceries. Cause I, whether I'm too busy or I don't want to do it. So, and then the fourth song, it, it, he's, he's come through all of that and he's looking for love again. So the second one, I want, it was important for me to know what he was, it, it was important for me to try to get an idea of what he was trying to say for this yeah. all to fit the narrative. Yeah, no, that's cool. I like where you're coming from. I think any good record is, is really allows you to kind of build that narrative from it in like whatever way you want. So it's cool that that's how you hear it. I don't know how to top that. So let's just go get some scores. So uh, Lily, your score on this. I scored Harvest is nine. Okay. And then Wayne. I gave it a three. After all that. And you give it a three. Okay. Um, There's lots of good songs. This is a, this was, there's a lot of good songs on here. There's some, in fact, there's some great songs on here. Yeah. All right. And I'm giving it a six. All right. So that leads right. us to cool. number three. This is A Man Needs a Maid. Maybe I'd get a maid. Find a place nearby for her to stay. Just someone to keep my house clean. Fix my meals and go away. A maid. A man needs a maid. A maid. And I wow. feel like I feel like we've already gone through. Uh, <laughs> I may have touched on this a little bit. You may have touched on this. <laughs> yeah, but I like what you said because I know where you're, what you mean. And this song has like baffled me the whole time I've listened to it. And I used to always skip it, but now I don't. And I listen to it, and I it just it makes me really think about a lot of things. I'm like, what? What is he exactly? Part of me like gets enraged because I'm like, God, how misogynistic. And then the other part of me is like seeing what you said, Wayne, where it's like, or, or just not even, I mean, misogynistic as just like kind of just like, woe is me a little bit on this one. Like, oh, I can't handle anything. I need just a maid who will leave me alone and clean for me. But then part of me is like, oh, like he's just so lonely and he's, he just wants like a relationship with somebody that doesn't need anything from him emotionally. <laughs> it's a weird song. So it, it, it is. It, no, and, and to, to both of your points of, you know, the misogynistic views uh, and, you know, taking, taking a little cue off of, off of your analysis, Wayne, the fact that he ends with, when will I see you again? Like the, there's, he sneaks it in a couple times though, almost like, but you know, it's, it's uh, he sneak, it, it's, 
it's like when we're talking about on Bob Dylan, he, he almost just sneaks that in. Like it's, I don't want to do this. I felt that he was, you know, it's like, I don't want to be a part of a relationship. I, this love is too tough and, and it's too hard on the heart. And he, and, but yet then he slips and he's like, gosh, when will I see you again? Because the, I, the lot of it is just like, it felt to me like I can't, I can't go through this. I can't do this anymore. It's, it's so when it, it's, when it when it ends, it's so horrible that I just don't. I'd rather just have somebody. I'll buy her a place close so she doesn't have to walk far. She can, you know, buy the groceries and make the bed, and I I, I can't put myself through that anymore. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. What do you guys think of the production with um, him having the London Symphony Orchestra on this? That's the part of it that brought it down for me. It just seems like a song just felt like it it needed a simpler, you know, production. And it got this is just what is it like? There's just too many elements to this. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I it's so weird. This song is just so weird because that part it's like I have a love hate with it initially it was like a huge turn off for me and made me want to skip the song because everything else is so dreamy and natural sounding but then it like really adds this layer of drama where it conveys a lot and it makes it a little more I think it's compelling and it's almost like makes I don't I think you can have a record that you love, but there's like part of it you almost hate in a way, but it's like a passionate feeling. And that's like part of the experience. So that's how I feel about the orchestra. <laughs> like what is happening here? But it evokes emotion out of me, you know? So Yeah. Um, we'll be posting on the Facebook page. There's a, a fantastic clip of Neil and the symphony actually recording this. And at one point in the clip, Neil's complaining to Jack Nitsky, who is the arranger and the producer. Uh, he's basically saying that the symphony is one half measure behind him. And uh, Jack has to remind him that symphonies and rock bands are not the same thing. And the symphony is waiting for the conductor to guide them. And oh, by the way, the conductor is waiting for Neil to guide them through the arrangement. So... I, I I found it really just a fascinating clip, and you know it's a it's a nice little uh, nice little glimpse into the making of a uh, of a song. So it's cool, cool stuff. I'm cool. All right, let's get some scores. So um, let's start with Wayne. I gave it a four. And then Lily. That's a good score for it. I should. Oh, I gave it a four too. That's why it's a good <laughs> score. <laughs> I was feeling that too. <laughs> yeah, and I give it a five. Uh, this was one okay, that I. Uh, yeah, I kind of flip flopped this in in Alabama, which well we'll talk about here in a couple of moments. So, all right. Yeah, I hear you. I feel you. All right, that leads us to Heart of Gold. Oh, 
I was just going to say, I, th- I think I, I already know what uh, what you're going to say about this, but g- go ahead. <laughs> oh, no. I, I just think this song is perfect. Like, I really do. And it's everything I want in a song. It's, like, moving, and it's, like, got groove, and it's got, like, simple but heavy lyrics, and it's, like, kind of dark but it's also like driving and I, I don't know it really is like everything I want out of the song so I'm a big fan of this one <laughs> as are a lot of people you know so. absolutely uh, was Neil's only number one song ever wow well see it makes sense why it's a perfect freaking song it's so great yeah it's, it's- just- it's too good to get away from people, you know? So that's that. Also his most listened to song on Spotify, 81 million listens. That's, that's, that's Dang. doing all right for itself, right? Any idea? Yeah. Uh, any idea what second place I, is? No. Harvest Moon. Harvest Moon, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Yep, Harvest Moon. Yeah, that makes sense. That's an incredible song. All Beautiful right. song. Wayne, what you what you got for Heart of Gold? This is this is a, the one of those songs, and like we mentioned when we did Blood on the Tracks about Tangled Up in Blue. When you hear this song, you're like, yeah, that's why uh, that's why Neil Young's a big deal. This is one of the best songs yeah, ever totally. written. Musically, yeah. it's so full, and like she said, it's got a darkness to it, but yet it finishes that kind of what I was saying about the other songs. He's not going to give up on love. He's going to keep looking for for a heart of gold. You know, somebody somebody for me is out there. And so it's got this hopefulness with this darkness, but the great harmonies in it. And the and his, once again, his harmonica, Bob Dylan needs to call him up and get some pointers <laughs> because Bob Dylan's harmonica solos remind me of the requisite hair metal guitar solo that would always happen in every song. It comes out of nowhere and it's like melting your face. And Neil Young's harmonica is like a, a very important instrument like he does he does a harmonica solo that completely takes the place of a guitar solo and you don't even realize that there's no guitar solo in the song because you don't need it because it just had this unbelievably beautiful perfect harmonica solo yeah well said yeah yeah well said you're right (laughs) you guys know who is uh doing some of the backing vocals on this song right i've read some of the names that wasn't David Crosby and Stephen Stills. Those that that's coming up. They'll they'll be wow. in, they'll be in. But for this particular song, James Taylor and Linda Ronstadt are singing back. I was gonna say I think I was gonna say Linda Ronstadt, but I wasn't sure. That's yeah. cool, and she's really cool, and you can hear her touch a blue in there too, and it's it's awesome. Like that's. So this was recorded in Nashville um, right after uh, Ronstadt and Taylor, I guess, were were also in Nashville for an appearance on Johnny Cash's television program. And so the album's producer, Elliot Mazur, uh, arranged for them to come sing backup. So that's uh, that's a pretty good uh, trio singing in one room, right? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that really is. 
incredible. Yeah. I got one more thing to, to say on, on Harvest. So this, this comes from the liner notes from Decade. And Neil said, this song put me in the middle of the road. Traveling there soon became a bore, so I headed for the ditch. A rougher ride, but I saw more interesting people there. So that kind oh, of... Oh, I love uh, that. Yeah, so that kind of explains, you know, that he didn't want to continue to ride the popularity that he gained with Harvest. And so... um He's really followed his own his own path, hasn't he? Yeah, he really <laughs> has. Yeah. He truly has. You know, you gotta love him for that. Or I respect him for that, you know. Absolutely. Deeply, so. Absolutely. All right, let's get some scores. I think I already know what Lily's score is. You do. I gave it a perfect ten. I was just like, it's a ten. Yeah. <laughs> and then Wayne? Uh nine. And uh I I gave it an eight. And, nice. And, Can't wait to hear your ten. Yeah, well, it's coming. It's coming up soon. All right. I'm excited. Let's let's, uh, let's finish side A. So this is. Are you ready for the country? isn't one of our more favorite songs though um so wayne you were asking you you said uh david crosby and graham nash were singing background vocals this is the song that they were singing background vocals on okay and this and to me this this one this song feels like when she i i didn't say it when she alluded to the other one being the this seems like an opening question this like a big anthem anthemic question like are you ready for the country and especially with the kind of the what I heard on Everyone Knows This Is Nowhere and obviously a lot of the things that are on here, I think that's a legitimate question. But I didn't I felt and I know I don't he doesn't I don't want him to go too far with it, but I felt like he could have funneled a little more Hank Jr. in there. Are you ready for some football? Kind of crank this thing up a little bit, just a touch, not too much to make it hammy. But because uh, it's got a great like it's got a little bit of Texas swing in here that I, that I really enjoyed, yeah. but I just felt like he could have, I felt like it deserved a little bit more, a little more Hank, maybe. Well, to that point, have, have you heard the Waylon Jennings version from 1976? Oh, I bet he put, well, he put some Waylon in it. I have not heard that, but I bet he did it the way I'm imagining it. Well, we'll, he, he does. Yeah. We'll, <laughs> we'll post that to the Facebook page as well. That, that version, if that version was on here, I would tell you that my 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 score would be higher. Um, and it actually did fairly well. It it reached number seven on the on the Hot Country Singles uh, back back in. That's uh, understandable. It's I could see why. It's definitely one if you made a record that the label would go, 
hey, let's put that one out because it's like simple and sing-songy, you know. But to me, this song, it's so fun, but it's pretty basic and in terms of Neil Young's capability, which is fun. It's, he always kind of throws something like that on there, just a good country tune, you know. But it doesn't, like, emotionally do a ton for me. It just makes me happy and sing, you know, but it doesn't make me, like, reflect or it doesn't, like, evoke much passion, you know, which a lot of the other songs on this record do So for me. So I'm kind of like, this song's cool, but it doesn't have, like, enough... Uh, it's not sad enough for me to love it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What I mean, though. Um, like, oh, yeah. All right. Well, let's get some scores. Uh, Wayne, what you got? I gave it a five. Okay. And then Lily? Let's see. I gave it a three. And I'm, I'm matching your three on that. Uh, All right. Let's flip the record over. Here's Old Man. my life 24 and there's so much more live alone in a paradise that makes me think of two love lost such a cause give me things that don't get lost like a coin that won't get tossed rolling home to you Get us started with old man. Oh, this this song is my is my favorite Neil Young song. It's my favorite song on this record. Um, it has a huge personal thing for me. Like I say, I, when I listen to the song, try to be objective. It sounds very much like the older generation and the younger generation, and and the and the differences between them and the and the similarities to them. But on a personal level, it you know it makes me think about my dad and you think about his mistakes and you think about, are you doomed to make these mistakes? And, uh, you know, you're trying to live up to him. You're trying to be better than he is. You're fighting, you know, some of those demons that he, you didn't even know were genetic. Uh, it just has, and I just, I love, I absolutely love the line. Doesn't mean that much to me to mean that much to you. Like that is, that's good. And that's in a nutshell, like, I'm going to do this on my own. I'm my own man. Oh, but then at the same time, he says, old man, I'm a lot like you. And that realization can shake you to your very foundation. If the person that you're looking at isn't, isn't everything you had always wanted him to be. And Ben said, I said, because when we did this, this was my number one song. And I listened to the record and I heart of gold is so great. And I said, I don't know if old man will be my number one song. And Ben said, yes, it will. And he was right. I, cool. I was I was right, um, you know, and and I I don't I don't like um, you know shooting holes in people's theories, but this was not written for Neil's dad. 
Um, the song was written for the caretaker of the Broken Arrow Ranch, the ranch that that Neil would end up purchasing back in 1970. And the story goes, let me see if I can paraphrase this. So the story goes, so an old gentleman named Lewis and his wife Clara lived there. And Lewis, Lewis took me for a ride in his blue, blue, blue Jeep. Uh, he gets me up there on the top side of the place, and there's this lake that feeds all the pastures. And, the, and he says, well, tell me, how does a young man like yourself have enough money to buy a place like this? And I said, well, just lucky, Lewis, just real lucky. And Lewis said, well, that's the darndest thing I ever heard. And so he wrote this song for him. So, and I don't, and I don't claim that it's about his dad, but I do think, you know, and like, I, I don't discount that story, but just like we talked about Bob Dylan on Blood on the Tracks, he's taking a very specific instance, but he is pu- pulling it out and putting it over a broader spectrum of kind of, you know, not not just not his father, but all of their fathers to them to that generation. Um, if you listen to the lyrics, I, I I mean I get it. He he is talking to that one old man in a sense, but at the same time he's talking to all the old men from all the young men. I'm sure he loves his father. Yeah. I, it's I definitely didn't think he wrote it about his father. I think he wrote it about my father. That's who I think he wrote it about. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, it feels like that when you listen to it. You feel, you think about a lot of things. You're right, Wayne. I think the way you said it makes a lot of sense to me. And and it does. It's like, yeah, he's talking to some old guy in it, you know. But, but yeah, like what he's talking about is like the reflection that we see in our elders in our lives and you know what we hope to like learn from it or surpass or or live up to or whatever you know it's just it's kind of a mysterious song though like that line doesn't mean that much to me to mean that much to you it's that's a really cold line but that's not how the song and it's the entirety like where he's coming from feels warmer than that in the whole song if you know what i mean I don't know. It's interesting. So. Yeah, I I love this song. This is this is my favorite Neil Young song, bar, bar none. Um, and and wow. and you know, to that point, Wayne of <laughs> the song was written about your old man. I think it. I think it. That's the beauty of of music. That some songs, even though the meaning that was created by the musician who created the song, we kind of adopt our own meaning to it. You know, that's, that's the beauty of, of going to a website like song meetings where you've got all these people weighing in. Well, it's like, well, that's your interpretation of, of that. And um, I think this song really for me is summarized in um, old man, take a look at my life. I'm a lot like you that, that pretty much summarizes uh, my relationship with, with my old man. Um, and it, it definitely, the song to, to, to get a little emotional, this, the song resonated with me because my old man passed away last week. So this song is, is definitely one of those songs that uh, is bringing a tear to me. Um, of course. I'm so sorry to hear that, too. Thank you. Thank you. I'm very sorry. I appreciate that. But you know, 
in the in the summary, so I've I've been tasked to write the eulogy to to the point of that I'm a lot like you. The first couple lines are so like my father, I'm incapable of telling a a any kind of story in a short manner. And like my father, I'm not going to apologize for it. <laughs> Perfect. That's awesome. So now you know why this is my favorite song. This is a 10. For Absolutely. Me. All right. It's a 10 for you. It's a 10 for me. Wayne, how about you? What's your score? It is also a 10 for me. Excellent. And, wow. then, and then Lily? Oh, man. Let's see. For me, it is a seven, but you know, it was hard to put it there. It's a capital. It's a capital seven. We 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 say that a lot. It's a capital seven. Capital seven, exactly. Capital seven for sure. But it, yeah, what a beautiful song and an incredible song to be there for you. You know. Absolutely. Moving on. Here we go. There's a world. Thank you for sharing that, too, by the way. Thanks for sharing that uh, part of things. Well-written and funny and nice. So. Yeah, we, we, get, we get a little raw sometimes on here. So the last, uh, That's cool. last, the last couple of weeks, I, I feel bad for my guests because I'm like, I'm, uh, I'm an emotional wreck right now, and, and I invited I you to the party. Sometimes. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. What do you got for There's a World? Who wants to get us started on this? Okay, I'll get us started. This song is not bad to me, but I, I honestly, when we, when I was refreshing myself on the record, I was like, wait, what song is that again? And I was like, oh yeah, this one. So, but then I, I remember the way I feel when I listen to it and I get to certain parts of it and it's kind of whimsical, but um, another really weird one from where I'm standing. But I'm like, huh? So, but parts of it make me really happy. <laughs> That's what I think on this one. Well, there's the harp that makes me think like I'm about to have a dream. Uh, and then there's, <laughs> there's just, it's too much orchestration, the triangles and yeah. kettle, kettle drums and the harp and, and, and the lyrics. And, the, and above all that, the lyrics just seem at some points like rhyming. They don't seem terribly inspired, yeah. but he got, yeah. he just, he just over, it had, it had a very Disney Fantasia feel to it. I will Absolutely. freely admit that I skip over this song. Every time I hear this song, I start thinking about Knights in White Satin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's definitely that got that kind of feel and color to it. I skip it too sometimes. I'm like, uh I keep I waiting for Neil to, to, to do the, the talking part. Breathe deep, the gathering gloom. You know, I, ke- I keep waiting for that, and it just never happens. So maybe I would like it a little more if he did that part. 
right? That might make it more exciting to you. Yeah. Well. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. Any anything else on this, Wayne? Uh, no, I I have nothing further to say <laughs> <laughs> on this one. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> all right, uh, let's get some scores then. I already told you this is my least favorite. Lily? I scored it a two. And then Wayne? I also, I gave it a one. All right. Like you. Yes. All right. Alabama. Here's the next one. And you all know um, that this is the song that can be seen as the follow-up to Young's 1970 song, Southern Man. Southern. Yeah. Right. So Leonard Skinner's response to that. So, you know, they kept right. doing this little call and response type thing. So uh, this is this is his rebuttal to Sweet Home Alabama. Well, I read the timeline and I thought Sweet Home Alabama was released in 74. Uh yeah maybe. Well, the, well, it can't. Is that right? It's a response to the. Is that it, right? It's, so it's, so is. Ah, I looked it up on my phone. Uh, because if this if that it would have been perfect though if Alabama was a response to Sweet Home uh, Alabama because I would completely is. agree with that. Like you can't put lipstick on that pig. It's just Alabama. But <laughs> this seems like this seems like the tipping point. Like Southern Man is very angry and very, I feel justified. And Alabama. Yeah feels like he lets him off the hook but at this point ronnie van zant must have said enough is enough i gotta say something and he wrote an amazing song but this song musically i like it a lot because it's it this is a little more rock and roll this has some electric guitar for the first time and it's right. got a little bit of piano and a little bit of harmony so it's actually in a way it's not as bouncy as Skinner's songs, but it does have a lot of those elements, but it has a little more of a rock and roll feel to it. Yeah. But lyrically, I feel like he let him off the hook. Like Alabama has nobody to blame but themselves. And I don't want to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to alienate any listeners that may be living in Alabama, but they need to hire a new publicist because they, they let the worst among them speak on TV and get in the history books. And so they don't have anybody to blame but themselves. And I felt like he went easy on them. That was my only complaint about this song was I think he let him off the hook. He kind of made it sound like there was hope for him. And I don't, I'm not sure that in the 40, 50 years that have passed that, that they actually have. Yeah. The one quote that I've got on here from his autobiography, Waging Heavy Peace, he says, I don't like my words when I listen to it today. They're accusatory and condescending, not fully thought out and too easy to misconstrue. So I don't think he really likes this song e either. Well, it's nice to hear him say that. And quite honestly, like as a Southerner, like part of me is, you know, it's interesting when outsiders try to debrief you 
on your the history of where you're from or and I'm not from Alabama but my boyfriend is and I'm from Tennessee and and it's a very misunderstood place and the south is a very layered place with plenty of problems as are many areas of the country but something about a Canadian kind of kind of ripping that apart I, I honestly understand why Leonard Skinner was like shut up you know like you don't know what it's like to be a boy to be a one of us southern boys down here and he doesn't you know but he's an empathetic compassionate intelligent person who probably is incredibly observant and clearly politically involved and that's everybody's right to to comment on it but it it is condescending to me you know so but the guitar part is awesome and i always drop <laughs> this song because it's musically rad you know so yes. yeah i don't claim that uh, there are good people in every place and i'm not i don't i have not from alabama but i can i can say that they don't they don't they don't help themselves out a lot of times Oh, no, um, I some of the stuff that that gets on the stuff that that get the stuff that makes the papers. It's you know Absolutely. unless it's around I national can't. championship time, they don't come out very well usually. No, you're absolutely right, and that's that's a problem, and it's something that hopefully will change. And I know that is an embarrassment to many natives, you know. So you know that's that hopefully you know reform in some way occurs, but. Um, but yeah, this is see. This is a very thought-provoking song here, so that's saying a lot about it, I guess. Um, yeah. but Ronnie, Ronnie Van Zant did his response to the to the two songs are far better than either one of those two songs. Which, not to take anything away from Neil Young, but I think "Sweet Home Alabama" right, is, but- is about as easily recognizable as any song. I mean, so it's Kid Rock was able to take it, splice it with another song, and make it a top hit again. <laughs> Oh, that was hilarious. And I was kind of like half soft, you know? So, Our one listener in Alabama, Wayne, is probably going to write to us on our Facebook page and say, you know what, Wayne? Shut up, you tree hugger. <laughs> so, um, all right, all right, I hope you hear from him. I do, I do too. I do too. Uh, all right. Let's, uh, let's get some scores on Alabama. Uh, I've got a four on this. Lily? I gave it a five, right mm-hmm. middle of the line. Yeah, and then Wayne? I, I gave it a six, so it's all about the guitars. There you go. All right. Like Second to last song, this is Needle and the Damage Done. I caught you knocking at my cellar I love you, baby, can I have some more? Ooh, the damage done I hit the city and I lost my band I watched the needle take another man Gone, gone, the damage done Any, song is so intense. Any anyone else kind of feel like the sequencing is is a little strange on on side A or side B? Um, yes, it definitely is. 
it's like, huh, okay, to go from that to this. You would think that this would be kind of closer to like old man or something, but it's like far away. Like it's different mood. I don't know. Or, or even the end. Like if he could, he he, he could have ended with this too. Um, yeah, that's a, a good that point. Pe- you know, it's a live piece, so people are clapping. But it's so this yeah. song is so good. Just two acoustic guitars oh. at, at their very best. Um, I can I could just see him on that stage with the spotlight on him singing this song. And like I say, you can clear there's a you can tell. I feel when somebody is singing about something that means something to them, like his good friend. And we just yes. recently did. No one knows this is nowhere. And Danny witness all over that thing. And so this is somebody that he knew and loved. And all of a sudden, you know, he he's caught up in this and. And he loses him, and you can you can hear it all in his voice. You can hear it all, and that that ending line or that line right towards the end, every junkie's like a setting sun. I was like, wow, that another this is another reason why Neil Young is a big deal. Yeah, absolutely. No, this song is. I'm with you. It means a lot to me, and it's helped me at various points in my life. And and you just hear so much um, truth in it. So I think it's not many people can write like a beautiful song about heroin. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, there's a lot of songs about that drug. I don't know. Maybe you can, but I don't know. There's something about this. It's like a, a, to write like a folk song about heroin. Like it's hard. (laughs) And she did. And it's really pretty. And it's devastatingly beautiful, you know? So. I love this song and it's, I've coped with it before, you know, and will again, you know, it just, it means a lot. So. To, to your point, Wayne of, of, of Danny Witten. Yeah. It makes that makes this song even more poignant when we did that deep dive and you saw how extremely talented Danny was and just to blow it um, because of, uh, of addiction. Um, and if you like this theme, if you like how dark he's gotten, um, you know, cause there are some peppier songs on this record, but if you're liking the, the, the theme, the dark theme of this, um, tonight's the night, the record that, uh, he really poured a lot of his grief into, um, that is a dark record. Yes, it is a dark record and it was made at night, recorded at night. So oh. very dark. <laughs> Definitely captured the tone for sure. Yeah. Um, anything else we want to talk about with Needle and the Damage Done? I feel like I've said all I need to say about it. All right. <laughs> Same here. Yep. All right. Let's get some scores then. So, Lily? My score was an eight for this one. And then Wayne? Also an eight. Yep. And I'm giving it a seven. All right. Oh, wow. Let's wrap this. Yeah, let's wrap this up. Here is words in parentheses between the lines of age.
guys think about this as a uh, as an album closer? I'm not a, I'm not a I'm not a fan in general of the song because it it's and I don't know what uh, other than it just doesn't seem extremely cohesive. There's I don't know if it's just me, but at a, at about the two is it at some point early on two minutes or whatever it sounds like he's tuning up his guitar <laughs> and then it goes away. Yeah. I mean if that's a, it's a solo. It's terrible because especially when we obviously once again referencing everyone knows this is nowhere. He had that the solos on down by the river, which were mostly one note. This just sounded like he was tuning his guitar and then he, then it kind of comes back a little bit and I'm kind of feeling a little bit better about it. Then it goes into something that almost seems like he's just warming up, like he's getting his fingers loose and I, I don't, and, and it gets almost to seven minutes where I, I just don't know that that was necessary. Agree. Yeah. I'm with you too. The song is another one when I'm like, what? where did this come from? But when I listened to it and I revisited it before I, this podcast I was like, I need to listen to that one again. And I was like, you know, this is a great song. It's just so bizarre kind of amidst the other beautiful kind of like delicate and intricate stuff that makes up the rest of the record. It's kind of like clunky or something to me. I don't know. Is this one that you fast forward? I, I don't fast forward anything. I, I force myself to listen to them all because, because yeah, there's because there are parts of it that I that I, I absolutely agree with Lily that I really like, and then but then it, it it's almost like he he I, I don't know what he's thinking. I just feel like maybe you know somebody had to have said, hey Neil, that that solo maybe we need to maybe we need to work on it. It's not very strong. <laughs> And he's like, whatever, this is my record. We'll do what I want. And I'm, uh, I'm leaving it in. You're like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> You're the boss. Got it. Um, I do like the guitar solos in the middle and the ending of the song. Mm-hmm. I do like the harmonies toward the end of the song. You know who those backing vocals are. That would be none other than Graham Nash and Stephen Stills. Well, they know what they're doing. So They kind of know, you know how to harmonize, right? Anytime those guys creep into, I'm I'm a Neil Young away from those guys fan. I like him with Crazy Horse, and I like him doing his thing. When those guys get in the mix, it's like it gets to be like that CSNY sound too much for me, or something. I don't know, like yeah. which is not so much my. While I respect it and think they're individually amazing, I was never huge on that. So. Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. It just seems a little out of out of uh, character on this record. This song, it's like, oh, okay. You're like, when I hear it, I'm like, yeah, but how does this relate to everything you've been talking about? <laughs> like, so, all right, let's let's get some scores and wrap this up. What what you guys got? I gave it a two. I gave it. Okay, there you go. I gave a one. I was like one. <laughs> And I gave it a two as well. Okay. Yeah. So uh, did we cover everything? Did we miss anything on our analysis of Harvest? Uh, No. Um, We did this this thing to death. (laughs) Twice. I feel like we had a really good talk about it. Yeah, y'all have done it twice. Thanks for doing it again. Jeez. Uh, That's great. All right. Let's uh, let's figure out what our top five is here. Uh, Any guesses what our top five is? How about our top song? What's our top song? 
I think old man, it got a couple of tens. It's going to be. Yeah, I think you're right. Which honestly, part of me wishes I would have given it a 10. It is. It's about a 10 too. Well, here's how awesome we are. Guess what? We have a tie for number one. Wow. Heart of gold. Heart of gold is uh, tied for our number one. So can't go wrong there. Wow. No, not cool. at all. Uh, guesses for number three. Uh, out for the weekend. That was oh, our number four, and Harvest was number five. So three oh, is oh needle in the damage done. Needle in the damage done. Ah. Ow, we're dark. <laughs> we are. Yeah, that's a, that's a solid five, though, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, that's a good. Yeah, we put that. You're right, and I feel like we were all kind of on the same page on a lot of stuff. <laughs> I think so too. We're we're listening to the same. Not that that's. Yeah, exactly. All right. Um, well, Lily, this was fun. Thank you so much for taking some I, time and. Oh yes, this was a hanging, pleasure hanging with us. Thank you guys. I had so much fun talking to you. I really am grateful you included me. Absolutely. Um, so let's uh, let's wrap this up. So. I do ask all of our guests this, and uh, this is uh, a question from a fellow podcaster here in Orlando who does the Scotch and Good Conversation podcast. So who do you know, Lily, that I don't know who would want to join us on this podcast to revisit one of their favorite records? And you can't say Caroline Spence because she was on a couple months ago with us. Oh, she's so awesome. Oh, my gosh. I love her. She's so great. Well, I was going to say my friend Alex, who goes by Rocky Bottom, he's a really cool musician. He would be a fun guy to talk about records with. All right. Awesome. (laughs) Let's do it. uh, Rocky Bottom. Rocky Bottom. We'll we'll chat offline and uh, see if we can make that happen. Cool. Cool. All right. So as a reminder, you can find all of our happenings on our Facebook page for the Records Revisited Podcast. We're on Instagram using the hashtag Records Revisited Podcast. Find us on Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Stitcher, iHeartMedia, our podcast host page. If you just go to recordsrevisitedpodcast.com. Wayne, you're going to have to help me with the Twitter handle again because I I keep screwing that up. Is it at recordspodcast.com? Oh, at Podcast Records. There we go. Podcast Records. There there it is. All right. So, everyone, thank you for listening. Please go support the arts. Go to a live show. Buy a T-shirt of the band. Buy a record. Visit a record store. And not just on Record Store Day. We are Records Revisited. And we are... Out. 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 There we go. You got it.